Chapter 9. But I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. This time, Tony woke up before Friday's wake-up call, but still alone in bed. His arm reached out and probed the empty spot that seemed a bit warmer than the covers around, indicating that Loki had probably left not too long ago. Tony tried to ring in the pang of disappointment he felt. Sure, you couldn't expect the god of chaos to be particularly reliable, but on the other hand, he had thought Loki genuinely cared beyond the obvious attraction. But no, Tony had seen that look of desperation on Loki's face when Tony pressured him into telling everything. The god was good, but he didn't think that Loki would want to mimic that kind of vulnerability if he wasn't actually feeling it. Which was probably why the guy had taken off. He likely felt too exposed. Tony may not like it, but he did understand. Tony sat up, rubbed his eyes, and blinked in the dim light. Friday hadn't opened the shades yet. He should just try to fall back asleep. But he was awake at this point. Might as well be productive. He was just about to call for lights when a figure on the floor caught his eye. Loki was sitting on the carpet, shirtless, legs crossed, arms loose at his sides. He was facing the bed, but his eyes were closed. He had an absolutely serene look on his face that Tony thought he could stare at for hours. It was a completely incongruent look on the trickster's face. Tony almost couldn't believe that he was the same person. Two, with that smooth face, Tony was struck by just how young the guy looked. He easily could have passed for mid-thirties, maybe younger, when you didn't look into those eyes. Are you going to say good morning or keep staring, Stark? That smooth voice broke Tony out of his reverie. Loki's eyes were open now, and a smile had replaced that smooth non-expression. That face, for all its softness, punched Tony in the gut. It was such a pure, happy expression that he never would have expected to see on the erstwhile villain's face. Tony had a crazy thought that he wanted to make it his job to bring that smile to Loki's face as often as possible. He quickly banished it to the nether realm, not wanting to even think of where that desire had come from. Good morning, but I think now that we've officially spent the night together, you can call me Tony, the inventor said, hoping he didn't sound half as terrified as he felt. Loki wrinkled his nose. Tony sounds like a child's name. Stark is a warrior. Tony laughed. Well, he had tried. What are you doing down there? Meditating, Loki responded as he smoothly stood up and started stretching. It was enough to distract Tony briefly from the answer following the lines of muscle on that smooth, pale back. Meditating, huh? Seems a little zen for you, he responded when he stopped drooling. My younger self would agree with you. I went many centuries without doing so. It wasn't until I was in Asgard's dungeons that I took it up again to center myself. Reclaim my sanity, as it were. Loki wasn't making eye contact again. Tony wondered how hard it was for him to reveal even these small bits about himself. Thank you, Tony said, and Loki looked at him questioningly. For telling me what you could last night. I do appreciate the honesty. Loki hummed noncommittally. I should probably get back. We have a council meeting this morning. Loki tugged on a shirt that came out of literal thin air. You're on Thor's council? Tony asked, and then winced when he heard how skeptical it sounded. Loki just gave him the eyebrow. It was what I was raised to do. Be Thor's advisor before... Everything, Tony finished for him. I hope that one day you'll tell me the whole story about what happened. I'm sure I'll be compelled to eventually, Loki said, a little darkly. Tony wasn't sure what he had done to deserve that, but he let it go. Instead, he got out of bed so he could go over to Loki and wrap his arms around that smooth skin. He pulled Loki's head down for a kiss. It wasn't the searing, rushed kisses of last night. This one was soft and unhurried and still very arousing. Loki pulled away with the last little nibble on Tony's bottom lip that made him go just a bit weak-kneed. 
I will see you students, Dark, Loki said with a smile. When, Tony demanded. When I can, Loki chuckled. Nothing has changed on that front. I'm still not supposed to be leaving New Asgard. We should do something about that, Tony argued. Soon, maybe. For now, I like keeping this to myself. Loki leaned down for another quick peck before he was just gone. Once again, Loki was walking into a council meeting, late, having just slept with Stark. And yet, everything felt different. Instead of anxiousness and uncertainty, he felt calm, content. It was such an unusual feeling for him that he was tempted to overthink it, analyze it until the serenity was replaced with the more familiar disquiet. But Loki found that he was too sated to pay it too much mind. It was a feeling he could get very used to. Loki took his seat, put his heels on the table, and leaned back casually. Thor frowned at him, but said nothing. We'll start with the open orders of business from the last meeting, Thor said importantly, and Loki suppressed a snort. It was hard for him to picture Thor going on the internet, but there was no way his brother had come up with that language on his own. Tony Stark has said that he should be done with the arc reactors in a few months. He apologized that it has taken him longer than expected. Thor shot him a look that clearly said, no thanks to you. This time, Loki couldn't help his smirk. Thor really had no idea. Stark had been rather distracted lately, but somehow Loki couldn't find it in him to feel guilty about it. Speaking of, just where did you come up with the ridiculous name of Brunhild? Loki deflected. Thor looked over at Valkyrie, who looked oddly uncomfortable. Loki wasn't sure he had ever seen the warrior embarrassed before. It's my name, actually, she said, trying to mimic her usual confidence. Thor and Loki's eyes met. Thor's enmity obviously forgotten in his surprise. Loki himself wondered why he had never had thought about the fact that they didn't know the Valkyrie's real name. The title had suited her so well. Our apologies, dear, we had no idea, Aaron interjected. Is that the name you would like to be addressed with? If it's all the same to you, I'd rather not. I never liked it, the Valkyrie responded. Easily done, Thor said with a grin, moving on. Thor was trying to change the subject quickly, to spare Valkyrie further embarrassment. Loki didn't miss the thankful smile that she saw Thor. Maybe they would come to their senses in something less than a century. Loki scoffed at himself inwardly. One good rut and he was turning into a romantic. Loki, air started, and he suddenly found all eyes on him. Well, this was never good. I know you were reluctant, but I hoped we might once again address you teaching those students as I suggested. Loki sat up in his chair and put his feet on the floor, feeling oddly formal. Yes, well, actually, I did speak to their parents. I'm scheduled to start lessons with Gunnar and Runa this afternoon. The matching looks of shock on everyone's faces weren't particularly flattering, but they weren't unexpected either. Truth be told, Loki was more than a little surprised himself. He had spoken to the parents first, half certain they would run him out of their rooms for even suggesting such a thing. They had questions and concerns, certainly, but more around what Loki would be teaching and when how tiring the work would be and if it would interfere in the children's regular studies. Gunnar's parents seemed completely unconcerned that their son would be taught magic, by the deviant frost giant brother of the king no less. Loki suspected that Air had talked to them before, but it was still disconcerting. That's wonderful, Loki, thank you. Air's pleased smile was mimicked on Thor's face, which made Loki want to throw something at him. But instead, he just dipped his head in acknowledgement and decided that examining his fingernails was the best use of his time. The rest of the meeting went smoothly, with no more awkwardness on Loki's part. He gave his opinions when applicable, and kept his trap shut otherwise. 
All in all, he gave the impression of maturity, something he usually tried to avoid. Oh well, he'd find something annoying for the next council meeting when he was feeling less serene. Thor couldn't possibly leave well enough alone, and cornered Loki as they were all leaving the meeting. Something's different about you, he accused. Can't I just be in a good mood, brother? Loki asked. I still have nightmares about the last time you were in a good mood, Thor shuddered. Loki grinned. The dragon had been fun. I suppose I'm just feeling content. No mischief necessary. Loki wasn't sure he had ever said anything approximating that sentiment before. Thor, too, looked dubious. What happened to satisfaction not being in your nature? He asked. Loki frowned, remembering that conversation. It was likely still true. Nothing good had ever really lasted for him. No lover, no plans. Even when he got what he intended, he always found that it wasn't exactly what he actually wanted. Sooner or later, he would find a way to screw this up, or he would just find out that it didn't work for him anymore. Then where would he be? Don't misunderstand me, brother, Thor interrupted his spiraling thoughts. When he made eye contact with his brother again, he could see that Thor looked concerned about where his mood had abruptly gone. I'm glad to see you happy. I didn't mean to cast doubt on the reasons. Don't be silly, Thor. I do a fine job of that all on my own. If you'll excuse me, I have to prepare for my lessons this afternoon. Me. A teacher. What is this world coming to? Thor laughed at that, which returned Loki's smile as well. His doubts were still there, but he didn't have to listen to them. He could enjoy this for what it was at this moment, without relying on it continuing in the future. This little affair with Tony would end eventually, and he would move on to the next plan, the next trick, and all would be as it should be. As Loki stared into two pairs of wide blue eyes, he found that his silver tongue had abandoned him entirely. How the hell did one talk to children? The young ones were standing in front of him, alert and nervous. Gunnar was the older, with bronze hair and a freckled nose. Runa had coppery hair and cheeks still plump with baby fat. He tried to remember Thor and himself when they were young, how Odin and Frigga spoke to them, but couldn't remember anything specific, so he defaulted with mostly treating them like adults until he figured out otherwise. Hello, I'm Loki and I'll be in charge of your magic studies. Hello, Master Loki, the children chimed together, which wasn't creepy at all. You don't need to call me Master Loki, that makes me feel like an old man like my brother. You can just call me Loki, he said conspiratorially and winked at them. They giggled at that and nodded, which gave him the confidence to move on. He directed his students to sit on the ground and get as comfortable as possible. He did the same so that he wouldn't be looming over them. After a few minutes of adjusting their posture, he began. I'm sorry to say that we won't be getting to the fun things for a while yet. I know when I was where you are, I wanted to go straight to throwing fire, right? More giggling. But you have to learn to walk before you can run. You have to learn your forms before you can start with a sword. In magic, you need to start with a clear mind before you can make anything happen. For that, we meditate. Loki took the two through different breathing exercises, chiding them gently when they fidgeted or got distracted. Finally, their half hour was up and he helped them to their feet after sitting for so long. That was rather boring, right? They nodded cautiously, as if they were afraid to offend him. He pulled an exaggerated sad face. I know. But it is very necessary. Just think about this. What if you wanted to do something like move that chair over there? Loki pointed to the desk chair in the corner of the room, and it hovered off the ground a few inches. But while you're concentrating on the chair, you suddenly wonder what your mother is making for dinner. He turned the chair into a loaf of bread. The children laughed in delight and clapped. It is funny now, but when you're working with dangerous elements, or perhaps trying to heal someone, 
it could get someone, especially you, very hurt. So it is very important that we get this part right before we move on to any of the fun stuff. Understand? Yes, Runa piped in her adorably small voice. Gunnar, far more soft-spoken, just nodded. However, since I want to give you a reason to come back each week, I promise to show you something fun at the end of every lesson as a reward for good behavior. I will do this only if you try your very hardest, though. So if we can't do it, we don't get to see any tricks? Runa asked. Well, no. This isn't about whether you can meditate or not. No one gets there on their first try. What matters is that you gave it your best. Did you? Loki asked. Runa nodded. I thought so, too. What would you like to see? Gunner? I heard that you can make yourself look like different people. Can you show us that? Gunner said in a voice just louder than a whisper. Loki could guess that their parents had probably mentioned this, and likely not in the most glowing of terms. But there was no harm in showing the children. It wasn't like it wasn't common knowledge already. Of course. I just want to warn you, no matter how good you two get at magic, this may be something that you cannot do. Not everyone can shapeshift. It's a particular talent of mine. But you may get good enough that you can create illusion around you that makes it appear as if you've shapeshifted. I'll show you the difference sometime later. For now, Loki smiled and shifted. He didn't get much taller, but his shoulders widened, his hair got shorter, and suddenly he was looking at the world through a single eye. He projected the illusion of Thor's usual armor and eye patch onto himself and grinned at the children. I am Thor, son of Odin and god of thunder. I am here to check on you poor children to make sure my tricky little brother is behaving himself, Loki said with Thor's voice, maybe a bit more booming and overblown than usual. It was his bit after all. The children giggled and clapped, so Loki bowed before shifting back to himself. All right, it's time to go back home. I will see you at the same time next week. Please make sure to practice meditating for a few minutes before bed every night until then. The children nodded and then went running out the door. After Loki, Runa called on her way out. Loki scowled. How good of a teacher could he possibly be if they ignored the very first thing he taught them? Still, the whole thing went far better than Loki had thought. He had been so worried that he wouldn't have any patience, that the dark voice would whisper to him when the children wouldn't sit still, as all children were wont. But there was nothing, not a peep. He might actually be able to do this. He was elated, and there was only one person he wanted to share it with. He tapped his tracking spell and determined that Stark was sitting on his couch. Loki teleported himself straight into Stark's lap. The billionaire yelped, but his hands went immediately for Loki's waist. Hello, Stark. Loki said, and leaned down to claim his lips with a kiss, grinding just a bit on the man's hips and grinning when he could feel Stark start to respond. Uh, hi, Loki, Stark said a bit awkwardly. Pep, this is Loki. Loki didn't even turn around. Of course he would do this twice in a row. He seriously had the worst luck. I swear I am generally better about being stealthy, he said in a murmur that only Stark could hear. Stark gave him a disbelieving look. You interrupted your diabolical plans to get a group of people together in the middle of a street in Germany to have them all kneel for you. That was part of my plan to get captured and you know it. Loki affected more dismay than he was actually feeling at the moment. How about using my big obvious tower for your invasion? Stark smirked. Loki scowled but said nothing. He really didn't have any arguments for that one. Loki figured he would need to face this eventually. Pepper Potts was Stark's closest confidant, and he needed to try to style this first encounter as much as possible. He smoothly got off Stark's lap, chuckling a bit at the grunt he got from the man in question. He turned and held out his hand to the beautiful woman looking at him doubtfully. She extended her hand as if for a handshake, but he took it, bowed over it slightly, and kissed the top chastely. 
a pleasure to meet you, my lady, he said, giving her his best courtly smile. Pepper laughed as she pulled her hand back and turned to Stark. You weren't kidding. Loki looked at him as well, questioningly. Pepper's worked with me for years, even dated me. She's immune to even the most potent charm, Stark said. I meant no disrespect, Miss Potts. I was just greeting you as your station deserves, Loki said, trying to recover. Sure you didn't, Pepper said doubtfully, but she was still smiling. I can certainly see how you got his attention. He was my knight in shining armor, Stark interjected, as he got up and grabbed Loki's waist in a one-arm hug. Loki had to fight not to squirm out of the casual affection. His discomfort must have shown on his face, because Pepper honed in seriously. I hope you're planning on sticking around, Pepper said sternly. Tony seems quite attached. Hey, he's not a pet, Stark protested. As long as Stark sees fit to have me, Loki responded seriously, off guard by the sudden change of tone. Good. I don't care if you're a god or magician or whatever. If you hurt Tony, you'll wish it was the Hulk who got a hold of you again. Do we understand each other? Pepper's tone was deadly serious and demanded a straight answer. Absolutely, Loki said immediately. Good, Pepper said, and just like that, she was smiling again. Have fun, boys. Tony, please make sure to actually read through that contract before you sign it. Why would I waste my time? You already read it, Tony responded easily. Yes, but even I can make mistakes, Pepper said. Stark scoffed. I'll believe it when I see it. Will that be all, Mr. Stark? Pepper said in a tone that indicated this was a familiar ritual. That's all, Ms. Potts. Stark grinned and waved as Pepper went out the door. That's Pepper, Stark said fondly. I'm fairly sure that woman was a Valkyrie in another life. She's terrifying, Loki said, honestly, reminded of the Shakespeare quote, though she be but little, she is fierce. But Stark just chuckled. You're lucky I already told her about you, or that encounter would have probably gone far worse. Lucky me, Loki agreed weakly. So, to what do I owe this unexpected gift of your company so soon? Tony asked, and reminded Loki just why he was here. I was just in a good mood and knew exactly what I wanted to do with it, Loki grinned lecherously. Hey, did I warn you before? Don't fall in love with me. Oh, please, Stark. You are acceptably good in bed, and you feed me far better than they do in New Asgard. But don't start thinking you're special. Ouch, Stark grabbed his heart. You are using me for food and sex. That is just cold. Does that mean we aren't about to have sex? Should I go find someone else to share my evening? Loki asked, eyebrow raised. Oh, do I look like an idiot? Use me, baby. So, Loki took him at his word.